0: Welcome to the Naughty Child Podcast, with me Richard, and me Polly, I'm the dad,
1: and I'm the daughter. I'll do everything really before I leave, I need to find that bag
0: on <laughs> Alex Hartley took us off air in Brighton earlier this year.
1: I'm a huge fan of Pepper. We thought we were really funny. Bobby, I'm doing <laughs> a podcast, man, come on. <laughs> well, my dog is now called Jimmy Anderson. <laughs> oh, well, Manchester Originals aren't through to the Eliminators, so I've got to change uh, yeah. Do you cook French food? Like, do you cook frog legs and snails? Oh, <laughs> uh, I just lock myself in a procedure room. Sophie Appleston's the worst. It's like having a child with you when she's on tour.
2: I don't know whether it shows something about
1: me or it just shows I'm a little bit stupid.
0: Polly, it's Friday, but it's 4.30pm. And we have just been listening to the commentary of the second semi-final of the T20 World Cup.
1: You sound way too happy <laughs> um, for what's just happened. But to be fair, like it's weird. Um, obviously, we are England fans, but I didn't feel really disappointed. I didn't like. I don't have that feeling of, you know, last year when England played Australia in the final mm-hmm. of the like the ODI World Cup. I didn't feel that disappointment at all today. Um, Even though you could see that coming a bit more, this was obviously a really good game of cricket and very close. I think perhaps because it was against South Africa, um, and obviously we know South Africa's story of the last, I suppose the last year, really, um, of the amount of change that's gone on within that team. And for them to get to a World Cup final is a remarkable achievement. Um, And yeah, it, it's history really because they're the first South African teen, men's or women's to get through to the final of the World Cup
0: Yes and, and it's deserved mm. um, from from what we could tell from today's game and today's mm-hmm. performance and particularly when you consider where they come from Yeah, and I guess with um, tournaments it's not about how you start no. it's about how you finish yeah. and they started terribly mm. uh, losing to Sri Lanka and Australia in their first two games so yeah. they looked like they were going to they be out of it a bit. Yeah. and it was only run rate that yeah. got them through to this point whereas england have cruised through
1: mm.
0: uh you know won the easy games convincingly yeah. and then up, up against india
1: mm-hmm. put on a, a brilliant
0: as well. performance as well so it was it looked like it was going to be uh not comfortable for england
1: but but not like a a big difficult game because i mean yeah you would have thought that the India game was going to be the more difficult one.
0: Yeah. And and I guess you'd expect England to beat South Africa eight times out of 10. Mm-hmm. And that's probably not changed. No. It's just, this was one of the yeah. two out of 10 um, where they really showed up, mm. played brilliantly. England played reasonably well. Yeah. However, I just think there were some
1: big mistakes. There
0: were some moments yeah. where, really where it, where it turned.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, I think, conceding 18 off the final Mm. over. You know, we needed to hit 13 off our final over. So you consider that you're going in to the final over and we're five ahead Mm. of where they were. But it didn't ever look like we were going (laughs) to do what they did. Um, So a better final over, you know, realistically, I think if we'd have restricted South Africa to what they should have got really, Mm which is about 155, then... Of course, we'd have chased it. If we did we did get that. Yeah. But um we let, we let things... them run
1: away with it. Yeah.
0: Of. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's easy to focus on that like, one over, but there mm. were the other moments, weren't yeah. there where um yeah, things slipped. And and you just think about the boundary count as mm. well for England. Is that we just really struggled to find the boundary, particularly once Natsiva Brunt was out. And I yeah. think if there was a, a kind of turning point in the game, that was it. Mm. Uh that once she was out, it felt like we might not win this. Yeah. Whereas when she and Knight were there, mm. it was a case of we'll we'll win this.
1: Exactly, yeah, because you have your stronger batters there. But it just felt one thing after the other, and, and uh, one thing after the other. It was slowly falling away from England, and it's really disappointing because yeah, if you look at England's form across the whole tournament, it was great, and then in this game, it yeah it didn't work because I mean they still played the exact same sort of cricket that they've done the entire time. Mm. Um, but South Africa just turned up. Um, and it was interesting, actually, going into the game, South Africa was saying, you know, we've got no expectations sort of thing. They were quite relaxed with it. But England are like, well, we need to get through to the final. And so I think that perhaps, you know, teams with two teams with different mentalities, that maybe helped them. Because for England, it's like, we have to win this. For South Africa, when they start doing well, they've got that belief. Yeah. And I think that switches it. And it's just the momentum that you... And to be fair, we we chat to our guests, guest about this. It's like a spark that when one thing goes right for your team, it's infectious and everyone gets this sort of rush of excitement um, and energy and it's like, right, we can actually do this. Whereas when you're on the other side and things keep going wrong, you lose that spark even more, whilst the other team's getting more of that spark. So it just yeah i think it's difficult to, to match those energies to each other
0: so it's an interesting one in that in many ways the outcome for england has been mm. identical to the commonwealth games yeah um however the feel of it is very different yeah
1: definitely and um,
0: that the the commonwealth games felt like the end of an era
1: mm. and
0: it felt like things really fell apart for mm. england uh you know in the semi-final and then mm-hmm. particularly in the bronze medal game
1: yeah that's when we don't have a bronze medal game <laughs> yes. so england might have thrown it away again but
0: but this time it feels like it's more of a start for england yeah
1: it's more positive it's like right this is what we could this is like the base of what we can achieve and okay next time we'll achieve something higher um
0: and i, I guess you know the players had a chance to work with John Lewis in the Mm -hmm. West Indies. Now they've had a chance to go to a tournament with him as well. And it feels like he has become quite an important Mm. person within that group very quickly. He's established himself. Yeah, I think
1: this is something I've noticed, actually. And I thought, initially, I thought, oh, it's because he's new. Um, But the players seem seem to speak a lot about him compared Mm -hmm. to with Lisa Mm Kitely. She would barely be mentioned. Like They might mention, oh, Lisa said this or whatever. But it's Louis did this, Louis did that, and there's a lot of talk. He seems to be very um like a part of the group. Um, obviously, yeah, he's still there to be head coach, but he seems to have connected with the players really well, and I think that's really important. And so, actually, starting this journey um with England, I think starting with this tournament has been really successful. And although, yeah, they haven't got through to the to a final, you know, his direction to them is never you know it's not right we need to get through to the final it's like okay we're playing this certain side of cricket if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't and we'll try again um and i i quite like that approach
0: yeah and he's instilled a set of values mm, which yeah. is almost like this is this is what we're about yeah this is what we're going to do um which is which is great and they all seem to have bought mm-hmm. into it so it'll be interesting to see how that develops mm. over time it seems to me that that really for England there are four things that we that we want to be playing towards Mm -hmm. the 50 over world cup the t20 world cup the ashes and the commonwealth games yeah so those are the sort of four big Big, prizes available on a sort of four Mm year rotation in fact you get the ashes twice within that four year rotation as well so so across those four years you've got those five things Mm -hmm. to be constantly aiming towards so the next thing now is the ashes Mm -hmm. and so his job now is to take the feelings that they have at the yeah. moment and take that into the ashes and mm-hmm. say actually we don't get to have a chance at going to australia now
1: mm. but we're we'll doing the, we'll do the ashes yeah, yeah.
0: We, you know that's that's a real opportunity mm. for him to establish his brand of cricket mm. and say we can we can really take on the world yeah. here
1: shall we talk about some of uh the stand-up players for england like who's really turned up for england this year this tournament in fact
0: yes well I guess coming to my mind is one batter and one bowler Mm -hmm. straight away. So I think, first of all, Nat Siverbrunt.
1: What a legend.
0: Uh, What a great tournament.
1: Yeah. And I I mean, we've always known that Nat's amazing. But I think the fact she took that break in September, didn't play the India series. And at the the end of the Commonwealth Games, just it was heartbreaking to see um, kind of the situation she was in. But has come back and is just, just like, incredible. (laughs) Just Mm. constantly scoring runs, holding the game together. Um, And, yeah, just does it with such ease.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's a real calm Mm. presence. Yeah, she's Um, got
1: such a cool head. Um, Which is why I think today, when she got out, that's a turning point. Because she can manage those really high-pressure situations. Whereas other less experienced players, you know, it's not a... It's not well, it might be a fault best, but like it's an advantage to Nat over other players that that like, she is so calm.
0: Yeah. Um, and and bowling wise, I mean Sophie Eccles. Yeah. Are, <laughs> you
1: can't let her pass over, <laughs> so. um,
0: just a genius.
1: Mm. Like I mean, today nothing had happened, then she gets the breakthrough and then gets two more wickets at the mm. death. Um, which I if she hadn't got those last two wickets, then it could have been a much bigger total so yeah yeah i think she, i think
0: in the penultimate over she went for three wins. yeah
1: yeah which is just what exactly what you want yes the think,
0: why doesn't she bowl the final over
1: I don't... <laughs> in
0: fact why not all the overs <laughs>
1: yeah i wonder why she can't do that um is there any other reflections you kind of want to touch on bring on the ashes bring on the ashes so you know, the one thing i do actually want to mention which i was thinking about the entire game was thinking like oh if South Africa get through and I think obviously South Africa are now in the final and it's like but well, what does that say about their decision not to select anything near Cook?
0: well it's totally vindicated isn't it yeah
1: um
0: it, it's getting to the final they've achieved without her what they could not achieve with her yeah um so it's you know, it's terrible. And that's for like her.
1: really harsh. But Yeah,
0: and you you don't know the what ifs, do you?
1: Yeah, that's so true. because um... she could have been there, like her and Liz could have been there and they they might have got through, but it's just it made me think I was like, as much as I want South Africa to now go and win, it also mm. just I had that in the back of my head the whole time.
0: Yeah, but yeah, you know, Liz Ali playing, would that be instead of testing bricks?
1: That is a very <laughs> good point. Yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, mm. you just, it's their team to select, isn't it? Mm. They had their criteria. They've they have stuck yeah. by it. And, you know, it looked like they weren't going to get through the group stage. Mm. <laughs> now they're in the final.
1: I just want them to go and absolutely wallop Australia.
0: Well, we don't like to be anti-Aussie, but we just we can't do. help ourselves at times.
1: Well. <laughs> no, I think it's also the thing of, I don't want Australia to win another World Cup. Like, it gets boring after a while. I just want someone else. To... You
0: just sense he. It's interesting um, listening to raf and Sid on the mm. Cricket Her um, podcast. They were they're out in South Africa, mm. and they were saying it just feels like there isn't the same enthusiasm for women's sport in South Africa
1: yeah.
0: that there is in mm. other places in the world. So actually, for the women's team to it's win the World really Cup important. would be amazing. Mm-hmm. It could be a real game changer for that yeah. country. Given that you know their men's team mm. have not won the World yeah. Cup,
1: I mean, I think about like them getting into the final, and a lot of people have been talking about how incredible the crowd were today at Newlands. Mm. I just think that's that's a massive deal. Like the uh, you could hear the atmosphere through the radio, um, and it sounded great. And you think about the final at the MCG in 2020 and how mm. massive that was. For Australian cricket, and obviously, yeah, it's not going to be the same. There aren't going to be ninety thousand people at, um, at the stadium, but the, I mean, the point is that people are turning up to watch it, and people are invested in the South African team. And I want it to be more than people are just cheering for South Africa. I want people are cheering for those players. Like people had signs about Laura or people like that, and mm-hmm. that's the interest that you want to keep going. And I think if South Africa can win the World Cup. That's, you know, if it's, I don't know what TV it's going to be broadcast on in South Africa, but if that can be on terrestrial TV, if, I mean, I know they've only got two days, but if there can be a massive push to fill out the ground, then it could be incredible.
0: So, yeah, we're supporting South Africa in the final.
1: Come on, South Africa. <laughs> yeah, no chance I'm supporting Australia. Um, Shane, choose our guest for today?
0: Yes. Worcestershire's Finest.
1: Someone who has been able to beat Australia.
0: Yes, that's true. <laughs> uh,
1: the other day we spoke to Karis Paveley, who was a big part of the under-19s team. And actually, for me, was one of the standout players of the tournament, because I think going in, a lot of people hadn't heard much about her. You know, she hasn't played senior regional cricket or the 100, um, but she's been incredible for Worcestershire and the Sparks Academy.
0: So here's our chat with Karis. Tell me about your day what you've
1: been up to
2: today uh been coaching today did um helping out with the worcestershire half camps which are like basically for the kids that are eligible for free school meals they're in with us from nine till three yeah just multi-sports like giving them lunches snacks just really just taking a bit of weight off their parents backs to be honest but yeah it was lovely like i'm doing that till i've been doing it since monday i'm doing it till friday um, but yeah, it was really good, like, busy day, but a good day.
0: Brilliant. Is it half term for you as well? Are you at, still at school?
2: No, uh, I actually dropped out of school.
0: Um, hey, that's so cool. That's so cool. Well, tell us about that.
2: Um, I just, it was one of those where I can't fault the education system, but I got diagnosed with me at 17 um so for me um going through school not having that diagnosis was probably the hardest thing Mm -hmm. because after I received that diagnosis thanks to Sparks actually um they I basically just didn't see the point in it and this isn't what I want to do everything had made sense like I'd struggled at school for so long and I'd struggled in that environment for so long that actually almost everything became so clear when someone told me like it's not you like you are you are you but you have ADHD Mm -hmm. um so actually having that was it was refreshing like almost felt like I could start living the life I wanted in my head because that was hard before like I didn't really get I mean like why I'd respond in certain ways or like
0: no, that's that's. I mean, that's brave, yeah. isn't it? Because it's because the, the. I suppose the not brave thing to do will be just kind of go on because it's an expectation, isn't it? Whereas, yeah. Uh, whereas actually, as you say, you have that moment of clarity. Um, yeah. Where you, I guess you kind of understand why it's been a struggle, and yeah. so so what do you do nowadays then? Why am I asking?
2: <laughs> wow, well, I train with Sparks. Yeah. Um, I play in their academy. And then I do, like, coaching work on the side Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and get by. The greatest game's hard, isn't it? Like, you're you're waiting for that moment, like, you're going to get a contract or there's going to be an opportunity for you. But I think for me, I just need to enjoy it. And I I wasn't enjoying my cricket because I wasn't enjoying school. Mm -hmm. So now that that's almost off my mind, it was, okay. like, I've got time to put into my cricket because I'm not drained after going to school that I don't put any effort into my cricket. So having that and just coaching worked perfectly for me. So that's what I'm doing now. And hopefully I can just do that until opportunities arise with contracts, wherever that may be. So, so I actually got into cricket at quite a late age. I think I was about 12. Um, I started playing at school. And it was a... So my middle school, uh, Aston Fields, they, they put on a lunchtime club, and I was one of those kids that I did every club going, which now I realise is because I was so, like, hyperactive. So I signed up for this cricket club, and it was a guy called Bob. He came in on a Friday lunch. At the start, it was only, like, three of us, but we managed to get a team, and then that year, we won the Lady Taverners, like, indoor competition or something and then from there I was like okay this game's actually like quite fun um so I played my first match um for I think I played my first match for five ways and then from there I joined my local cricket club which was Bromsgrove at the time um and started playing and then haven't really put it down since so that's Kind of how it started.
0: So, as you say, you play for Worcestershire, don't you? So tell me a little bit about representing Worcestershire mm. and uh, and how that came about and how that's developed.
2: Yeah. So again, that was a completely different experience to most that went through that similar setup. Um, actually, when I started at Bromsgrove, the coach there at the time at, for the county was Kelly Evenson and she was head of the under 13 county girls program. I was 12 and there was this one game, I'm pretty sure it's because she was short and it was short of players and it was the middle of August and it was away against Wales. She called me on the, I think it was the Friday night and went short in a county match against Wales. I went, of course, like, of course I will, yeah I'll be there. So I never met the girls, I just rocked up to this match in Wales, um, played, I wasn't, didn't get out to it but I later realised that it probably wasn't the best move if I wanted to actually pursue this. So I started like that and then almost jumped into that county season or the rest of it and then went to trials in the, whenever they, I think they held
1: them in the October. And so then obviously you stepped up to the senior team what was that like? Because last summer it was obviously really successful for Worcestershire winning um, the T20 counter champs in, in your group.
2: Yeah, obviously it's a privilege to play for Worcester. And it's something that I think I've almost been the other way around to most people because I didn't have cricket. No one in my family played cricket or like, that I knew about at the time. Actually, my granddad did play, but I didn't actually know until... I think I was like three years into the county program and then he just decided to tell me oh oh yeah I actually used to play cricket I was I was quite good I was like oh right okay nice of you to tell me people grow up hearing about oh you're gonna play for Worcester and like how much of an honor it is and to be honest I didn't really realize how how big of a deal and how many people like it inspired until I was actually in that team and I thought oh wow like I actually have the opportunity to change women's cricket here. The fact that last season, really, I'm sure most of us will say it, but the coverage we got, even from Worcester themselves, was something that there wasn't much of an interest in it. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was great to see, to be honest, and something that like, we're all very thankful for now.
0: You've got some cracking players at Worcester as well, haven't you? I, I, I think yeah. Emily Arlott is just absolutely amazing. I think she yeah. she did play for England without a doubt I think she's
2: brilliant 100% yeah I agree and then um,
1: chat to us a bit about like the regional academies and you had things like the school games and the regional festivals what was that like across the to I suppose in the end prepare you for the under 19 World Cup yeah
2: again I'll be completely honest like I didn't realize how important those things were so I just rocked up and hoped I scored a few runs um because I got selected for school games the year before so I didn't really realize and nothing came of it so I was like oh well it's just sort of another chance to play cricket isn't it um and I rocked up to them this year and I went oh well it's another four games of cricket in the calendar that I wouldn't like I wouldn't have already had so I'll take it um and then I got the call from Richard Bedbrook and I was like hold on a minute, he, he was saying that I was picked, and originally I thought, oh right, okay, so I'm, I'll be a net bowler in the winter, and I didn't really process the fact that until he said, no, perhaps you, you're getting on the plane, I was like, what? <laughs> hold on, like, what do you mean? Because in my head, I was like, as people are talking about it at school games, like, everyone's talking about, oh, how, don't mean, like, who do you think it's going to get picked and i was just like well if you think about it most of the spots are filled in the 100 i was like well they're eligible and i was like well there's you've got 15 probably in there so i was like well to be honest i've got no chance in hell of getting in here so it is what it is um and that's to be honest i think it's the mentality i've had all the way through and it's something that's not going to change because i think especially like game than people realize like you can psych yourself up so much and get out to that more than the bowling itself um so what I mean so I think you just want to keep yourself calm and even playing like for England in that World Cup like we that was our team motto like almost let's not get complacent it's still a game of cricket that we need to win um so that was, that was probably the the best part about it all that I didn't really take it as seriously as I probably should have.
0: <laughs> well, you mentioned the World Cup and you mentioned about opportunities. What an opportunity that was. And you mentioned as well, you know, that there were so many players who've got experience with 100 or playing regional cricket. And yet you, I think you played every game in the World Cup um, or, or certainly the vast majority, including the semifinal and the final. Uh, so tell me about some of your performances during that competition, and um, sort of what was your favourite moments.
2: I'll be honest. Like, I think being out there as a team and being in the position I was that almost I was quite happy to not play because in your head you're like, well, I haven't played first team cricket, I haven't played in the hundred. That's what I mean, I'm just from Central Sparks Academy. Like, what? hold on a minute where do I stand against all these other players um so that was probably my biggest achievement in itself like getting myself on that team sheet um and that's something that do you know what I mean regardless of uh, the performances good and bad that I had in that tournament that no one can take away from me really like I've still do you know what I mean I've been a part of the first under-19 women's world cup and that is something that everyone in that team should be proud of.
0: Yeah, well, you you did put in some great performances. I mean, look at some of your strike rates in some of those games as well. You know, absolutely amazing. You were absolutely, well, you've learned some more shots as well as the pull since uh, you were a kid, haven't you? So uh, it, it, absolutely um, brilliant performances. The game I really want to talk to you about and the game which was possibly the worst game for my health i've ever had the, the opportunity to I say watch I, I was not even watching it i was um having to follow it on the internet it was the semi-final against australia what was it yeah. like to play in that game
2: i think batting first in that game we were actually more confident than people realize and then to be honest that what came across on the score scorecard um and we went into this and we were like, look, like, it's like we're back at regional cricket because it's the same type of bowling. I mean, we know what's coming. And because it being Australia, we've got so much more research on them that we were more prepared for that game than we have been for any of the others. So batting first, we obviously didn't put a massive total on the board. And that's the thing. It put 99 on the scorecard. I don't think your analyst is too chuffed about the win percentage of that game. Um, but when we got the first few wickets in the first like first few overs when they like in the second innings I think all of us had this I'm just going to call it a contagious spark like you see one person they're like come on like we can get another here and that's that's all it was I think hold on we don't have a lot of boundaries to play with here so we just need to have a few more balls that are nearly getting wickets and I think I spinners as bowled like phenomenally in that game, which like really helped us like pull it back together. Backed by people at home, people watching in potch, the people that like the kids from the schools that had never probably experienced cricket to know that they'd actually probably going to have been to one of the games that's going to stick with history for a long time um, was unbelievable. And as it is, like, to be honest, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Um, I was scared in, I was fielding at mid wicket um, with no one behind me in that last over. And I went, hold on a minute, even just an edge here, like, when Scriv got that wicket, oh, the scenes were unbelievable, to be honest just wish I wish I had like a head cam on to it mentally was, record it all
0: it was absolutely terrifying mm. I mean I I was shaking <laughs> I it was just it was horrible in fact we had to do an interview didn't we um a couple
1: of hours a couple out. of
0: hours later yeah. and I was still wasn't in the right <laughs> of mind at all it, it was really yeah I was suffering yeah you made us suffer <laughs> um but it was absolutely it it was all the reasons we love sport it you know absolutely um brilliant amazing and I'm I'm guessing in a sense that under 19 team now is kind of disbanded isn't it because I I guess there's another the next under 19 World Cup's a couple of years away away so I guess they're going to start working with with people who are going to be eligible to to play in that tournament
2: yeah um that is kind of the end of the road as a team for us, which was probably the saddest part about leaving. Butch, the fact that we've come together in such a short space of time and produced the result we have, is something that we're all proud of. Because if you look at the t- like the likes of Australia, India, like they've got more, they're far more advanced, especially Australia, with how they're going about um, the next levels up and moving into more professionalized cricket for women um which is something that obviously England's aspiring to do but we're not quite there yet um so yeah I think that will be perfect for the next World Cup the fact that if they can get them in a bit earlier than we did you can't pick your team two years out from the next World Cup because you don't know who's going to come along
0: that's it exactly isn't it the way people develop yeah. it's it's at such yeah. different paces isn't it and there are you know someone six months out from it can suddenly emerge can't they and and yeah. be you know the the number one person to pick but you know a year before you'd have never thought that, that would be that person um yeah. so it is yeah it's extraordinary isn't it the way things are developing from talking to uh you know several members of that team what seems to be really important was the relationships that were built between you during that tournament as well
2: yeah um playing cricket as a girl is hard I'll I'll give you that but being around that many people that get it and get every they've had very similar journeys and that's something that years of friendship can't it can't replicate like the fact that we've got on we've clicked so well in such a short space of time that well it's stuff that like team managers and like support staff dream of like teams clicking that well that quickly for a team atmosphere like do you know what I mean? it's perfect it's like everything about that the friendships we all made like one of my best friends out there was like maddie and we shared a room for a month. And to be honest, to start with, I was like, "How am I going to share a room with someone for a month?" The, the longest time I shared a room with someone was like a week at PGL. But that's the thing. I months with someone. That I'm gonna I'm gonna do a head in after <laughs> two days. I'm sure I'm sure I did annoy her. But and even now, like my neon uh, is based down in Trowbridge, and I've already planned a trip. When I go and see them, I'm gonna go see Neve, um, who lives like just outside of Glastonbury so hopefully we're all going to stay in contact.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely I can imagine you know many of you are going to go on and become professional cricketers aren't you and so many of them are already <laughs> professional cricketers but I can just imagine in the over the next 10-15 years you're just going to be coinciding aren't you and playing yeah. alongside each other and against each other I mean, but you're going to have those memories of 2023 which are, which are just kind of there and that bond that sort of Keeps you, keeps you together, and that um, shared experience, which is so intense.
1: We want to briefly touch on the final, not too much, um, but kind of thinking from your perspective now. Obviously, a couple of weeks after it, how do you view that final? Because obviously, at the time, it's heartbreaking and it's it's really horrible. But you know, what what do you think the team takes away from that now? The hardest thing for
2: us was that we knew on our day we could outperform anyone. And I think the hardest part to swallow about that was that none of us performed, um, on a day where we really needed it. Um, so yeah, there's not much to take away to be honest, cause I haven't dwelled on it too much. Um, because we had a brilliant campaign, which is all you can ask for really. So I think, The disappointing thing is that we didn't perform the way that we wanted to. But credit to India, to be honest, because they showed us how it's done on that final. So it's it's almost a bittersweet pill because you'd rather, I think we all said this, we'd be more distraught about that final if it was a very close game because then you can pick parts about it or it was that missed field it was do you mean I think that's harder especially as young young players to deal with but actually the fact that we all didn't perform almost made it an easier pill to swallow it's a it's a horrible pill to swallow but it's one that we we had to take so the thing that struck
0: me is that India actually won it in the field they their fielding was just unbelievable and it it mm. almost kind of smothered and the the batter, yeah. and no one could get the ball through the ring at all. Yeah, and you know so many people that day were you know caught at cover point or whatever, just trying to get it over the ring, but but unable to do it. It was just extraordinary. Um. So yeah, I should say, really well done to India, and it's it's you know little fine margins at times, isn't it? In fact, looking yeah. thinking back to the Australia game, let's let's get away from the final, yeah. the Australia game. We Won that game by three runs. And, Karis, you scored four. You got four in that game. So you were actually the difference between the two teams.
1: Going forward, um, what are kind of your next steps and hopes within cricket? Um,
2: I hope to keep enjoying it for as long as possible. The right opportunity for me will come at the right time. And it's something that I'm not going to force. Well, whatever it means, I think. Waiting for things to come is is something that I think people get so worried and st- stressed about that actually it will come when it's your time and when you're ready for it. I think jumping into something too early, whether it's a contract, whether it's like a, a big move, that's something that you know what I mean can almost like leave you a bit unsettled. And with cricket, with it being such a confidence and clarity over what you're actually doing and whether it's for the right reasons so whatever happens with my cricket timing is important and you never know what's going to come so hopefully the hundred hopefully a contract but whatever happens hopefully I'll still be enjoying the game that we all love so
0: that's a really interesting answer Mm. I I think it's a really wise answer um
2: yeah I did feel a bit like Gandhi then yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think it's, it's like a really sensible mature answer i mean i i wouldn't say that but it, well
0: it's it's like the it's sort of the opposite of being overly ambitious isn't it uh, but i think the key thing is enjoyment because you know yeah.
2: i think if you disappointed.
0: but you know when you're enjoying your cricket that's when you're actually going to perform the best and when those mm-hmm. opportunities are going to be, become more yeah. so so yeah don't don't force it just enjoy it Karis thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you and um, just want to wish you all the best for this season ahead Uh, Worcestershire of course maybe making a Central Sparks debut that would be amazing as well we'll keep a look out for that and um, and all the best for what lies ahead enjoy the rest of this week with your cricket camp (laughs) as well and uh, I hope that goes really well
2: brilliant thank you thank you for your time as well
0: was great that was I
1: really enjoyed chatting
0: to Karis really, I really appreciated her honesty as well yeah you know about her ADHD and mm-hmm. dropping out of school yeah and and so on and um just sort of how that diagnosis has been really mm. transforming for her yeah. and it actually came through sparks yeah um so and I love her attitude
1: yeah towards
0: you know her career planning and yeah. so on which is just I think it's great.
1: Yeah, no, I really like that. And I think what she said relatively near the start about um, going into the regional academy stuff, she kind of just had no idea how much of a big deal it was. Um, And I think that's actually quite a good approach in some ways because you don't put that pressure on yourself. Um, And then, yeah, what she was saying at the end about just waiting for opportunities to come rather than making a really big, ambitious plan and then getting disappointed if you don't achieve it. Um, so no, I thought, I thought that was really interesting. And again, it shows someone who's taking a different path. And I think that's, that's really good because as, especially with something like cricket, when there is like a set pathway to get into different things, I think someone who, yeah, okay, well, I, I don't want to finish school. This isn't right for me. I'm going to focus on you. And she's really into coaching. And so she's developing that other side to cricket. I think, I think those things are really important. Um, that's really good too. Good on you, Karis. Um, so we'll be back next week, and we'll talk about wider things than the World Cup. I think we just wanted to focus on the semi-final today, considering it's just happened. Um, but we're back next week with another guest, another Worcestershire guest, <gasps> actually.
0: Do you do you have a a source in Worcestershire?
1: I thought, oh, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that was horrific. Oh Right, we're going to finish the <laughs> podcast there. <laughs> if
0: people want um, to follow us, what do they do?
1: You can follow us on Instagram, which is Naughty Child Podcast, and Twitter, which is OO Child Podcast. About that, actually, I think that, just say, I did win the poll on Instagram and Twitter, <sighs> and I think that joke has probably dropped you further, further like, more people are going to be voting for me. So. Can,
0: can I say, about yeah. the poll, yeah 21 people voted
1: no on instagram more people and i could see who voted on instagram so those counts me more because on twitter you can't see who voted
0: 923 people saw the poll on twitter and 21 voted so i believe that those 902 <laughs> other people actually they wanted me but they didn't want to hurt your feelings
1: i also don't think that's the case <laughs> although uh i uh, am Tell you off the podcast who was voting for who, but I was very offended by certain <laughs> people who were voting on Instagram for you. I was like, I thought you were Thank my you. friend.
0: Thank you. But... Thank you, my fans on Insta.
1: <laughs> but it's all right. I got I got some of the guests voting for you So yeah. Um, but anyway, as we say, we will be back next week. Um, and you can follow us on our socials. And we've got loads of other episodes with some World Cup final, well, probably one World Cup finalist, Laura <laughs> uh, Goodall. Oh yes. Um so you can go listen to that because that was just for the Commonwealth Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have got some guests with semi-finalists as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so also give those a listen, but we'll be back next week. Mm-hmm.